0: Hi everyone and welcome to this week's MHTV, uh, it's great to have you all join us live uh, and it's great that we're joined by an excellent panel tonight who are going to discuss a really really important issue. Before we go on to that just to say hello I'm Dave Monday to anyone that's not joined in, in MHTV in the past. I work at Unite the Union as lead professional officer in the health sector Uh, and I helped sort of coordinate MHTV. Normally, I would be the social media person when I'm uh, next to Nikki, uh, but tonight we've swapped over roles. Hopefully that won't be a complete and utter disaster, uh, but there's still time. Uh, But before I say any more, I'm gonna pass over to Nikki, and she's just gonna give you some info about how you can get involved via social media tonight. So Nikki, over to you.
1: Hello everyone, lovely to see you. Um, We're going to have a really interesting debate today and we'd really love to hear your opinions too. So if you're on Twitter, if you um, tweet us with hashtag MHTV, I'll be looking online and and answering stuff and bringing uh, your points into the conversation or you can just join in and and ordinarily on the um, Facebook channel, that's no problem either. Thanks very much.
0: Brilliant. Thanks, Nikki. Uh, And now, as I said, we've got a great couple of panellists tonight who are experts in this field. Uh, But before we kind of mine their minds for information, uh, I want them both to introduce themselves. So first, uh, Professor Alison Leary, do you want to say a bit about who you are, where you come from, what you've done in the past?
2: Thank you.
3: Yeah, thanks for inviting me to be on here tonight. My name is Alison Leary. I'm a Professor of Health Care Workforce Modelling at London South Bank University. Uh, so I'm a an mathematician and a registered nurse, um, uh, and I'm an engineer by background. So a bit of variety there, uh, and I have an interest in patient safety.
0: Brilliant, uh, and so that maths and nursing, it reminds me of uh, Florence Nightingale, and I think she was a real fan of statistics too. So uh, you know, I, th- I thought I'd just uh, mention that one. Uh, Now Jane, how how do you kind of relate to Florence Nightingale, what's your background?
2: Oh my goodness, definitely not not the maths area, so I do admire you Alison, that was one of the areas I struggled with. Um, I'm Jane Beach, I'm the lead professional officer for regulation, I work with Dave at Unite, Um, so I deal with all things regulation. Um, for our members, my background is nursing. I was a midwife for a while, um, but the majority of my career was as a health visitor and, and then working in public health and smoking cessation.
0: Brilliant, thanks, Jane. Uh, so without further ado, we're going to start talking about tonight's subject, which is the Protect Nurse campaign. Uh, you can see that on Twitter with the hashtag #ProtectNurse. And also the Twitter handle Protect Nurse. Uh, before we talk about Protect Nurse too much, uh, can we just think about uh, some information and in the background to what protected titles are? So, what is a protected title? What's the point in them? Uh, and why are they important? So, I don't know, Alison, do you want to start on that one?
3: Yeah, sure. So, protected titles are legally protected titles um, to prevent fraud, essentially. So, the legislation is generally fraud legislation around them. So, titles like physiotherapist, hearing aid dispenser, architect are all protected titles in law. And if you use them without being qualified in them, you can be prosecuted. Um, And by use, it's offering uh, services or professional advice. So, it's not about using the verb, Um, you know, being an architect of something. But actually, if you claim to be an architect and offer architectural services without um, the qualifications or experience, then you can be prosecuted.
0: Brilliant. Is there anything else you wanted to add to that, Jane, sort of from Um, your knowledge?
2: Yeah, just I did a little bit of reading up on this. So, in terms of nurse registration, the first state registered nurse, I was one of those actually, not as long back as. Um, ethel but the first one in 1919 was when nurse registration came in and they fought really really hard to get it and the very first state registered nurse was ethel gordon fenwick um, and yes as alison said you know it's a very important part of regulation you know regulation as a whole statutory regulation provides assurance that people have done the relevant um, education programme, they've got this knowledge and skills um, to the appropriate level and also obviously if they're not fit to practice, their registration can be removed, so it's a really important part of public protection and something to be really, you know, valued and really kind of hang on to, yeah.
0: So obviously one of the big issues with the, the sort of the discussions around protected titles is about protecting the public. Uh, do you think there's any instances in which they bring benefit to the professions or to the professionals involved? Alison, your thoughts on that one?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think they give sort of assurance to, to other professionals that they're working with people with uh, qualifications and experience. They also give identity um, protected titles are, are, are a source of um, professional identity for people. We know that professional identity is really important. For somebody like me, a modeller, um, at the moment it's really difficult to model nursing because nursing is this massive kind of amalgamation of different workers, um, including people like support workers, actually, who make a massive contribution and do a huge amount of work. But their contribution is almost invisible. And and um, and so I think by doing things like protecting titles and being clear about titles and clear about the, the, the kind of different types of practice we have in the profession, it'll be a lot easier to
0: articulate the value. And, and I think you've made a really interesting point there about kind of the the you know the, the people that support nursing and the nursing profession. Uh, and I think nursing associate, obviously that's a, a really new role that's come out in the the last uh, few years uh, and obviously their job their role does have a protected title
2: uh
0: and and you know i suppose it's that bit about are there some benefit you know have, have they seen benefit from having that title there
3: yeah i mean i think i think they probably will and you know they've got a quite a clear identity the, the role was always a bit of an unusual role there was this sort of um it was, you know, it was it was proposed to bridge a gap between support workers and registered nurses, and, and we're never really sure what that gap is because we think the gap is in registered nurses. Um, but what it what it does do is it means we know how many there are, we know how many are around and where they are through the register. We know what their demographic is like through the register as well, and it gives us intelligence about the kind of work that they'll end up doing. So, I think in that respect, it's a good thing that they've got a protected title.
0: Yeah, brilliant and jane i know you were quite involved with nurse and associate development as as the united representative on some of the groups for that so have you got any insight into that question
2: um i'm i was thinking more really about you know identity in terms of health visiting you know as a health visitor when we were removed from statute and and health visiting lost its protected title you know it moved over to being a specialist community public health nurse and and the profession has really struggled with that you know they've they've remained health visitors but that's not the protected title so so i think from that point of view as a professional it it, you know it does give you a sense of identity and it, it. you know it helps you to articulate your role and so i'm sure nursing associates are you know it's it is a part of of knowing that they are you know they they're working to the standard and they've got a scope of practice and um you know i think it's a really important part of supporting people in practice because then you can you know you you can better articulate when you feel something's outside of your scope you know because you can and kind of fall back on well this is my you know this is my role this is my you know my title so so it is a very important part
0: yeah and, and i suppose there's that really important issue isn't there about you know, we know that people get to a standard to get gain a qualification and to be able to start to do something. But actually, how do we know that that standard is maintained, that they continue to do a safe and effective job? And obviously, mm. one of the key roles in, in regulation and, and certainly with the NMC having revalidation in now, mm. you know, mm. a, a really kind of clear part of that. Uh, I know we've, we've kind of done some of the background discussion now, but now I wanted to sort of focus more specifically about what is Protect Nurse. So, uh, Alison, this is definitely over to you as the founder of that campaign. So, can you just give us some information about why you've, you know, that campaign is is how it is, and and your hopes, kind of what what's what's happening with it?
3: Yeah, we started the campaign uh, this year because in 2017 we published a paper. It was just an incidental finding as of uh, some data that we had um, around the variety of job titles in England and we found lots of people using job titles like local nurse specialist or advanced nurse practitioner who weren't on the NMC register Um, and these these titles were uh, conferred by employers so employers were giving people these titles Um, and we found them by accident and we published a paper and really didn't think very much of it thought it was quite interesting and the press picked it up And then I started to get a huge amount of correspondence from the public, from people that felt they were being misled and deceived by people that were non nurses, as they term it. So, I mean, there are a variety of different people um, and a variety of different situations. So, we had everything from school nurses who were really first aiders. One one particularly distressing example was a, a child who had meningitis but the school nurse um, didn't recognise it and and just waited until the mum came picked the child up and didn't call an ambulance. Um, General practice nursing, uh, mental health, particularly assessment and treatment units, I get an awful lot of correspondence from the parents of children in ATUs and, and the acute sector and increasingly district nursing. Um, and and also now health visiting because health visiting seems to have been um, uh, now its local authorities employing health visitors and even though it's a post-registration qualification, the term health visitor
2: um, seems to be used quite loosely in a lot of organisations. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. I know my experience when I was working in the Stop Smoking service, you know, we used to do training for, you know, a whole range of health professionals and, and two really stick in my mind. I, you know, I, I would go into school and we had people in school running stop smoking groups for young people and, you know, they were giving out nicotine replacement therapy and under PGDs. And, and, you know, one nurse in particular, I remember, you know, she was the school nurse, she was in navy blue, you know, everybody referred to her as school nurse. And it was only we got, you know, quite far down the line in, in the training when we were going through the PGD that at that point we realised, actually, she wasn't a nurse and she couldn't prescribe under the PGD. And we had exactly the same with a, a practice nurse. That you know, again, the GP, you know, go and see the practitioner. She was giving all kinds of advice. She wasn't a nurse at all. And and yeah, it's really, you know, it's shocking. I'm shocked to hear that clinical nurse specialists have got those titles and, you know, in some instances, obviously, and are not nurses. You just, gosh, that's yeah, it's that's you know, and, and it is shocking. It's really quite.
0: Scary, yes. Because yeah, and and, and I know Alison, the, the the paper that you wrote around the sort of the multitude of, of titles that were sort of out in the wild in in health services. Uh, and I know at the time uh, I raised that at NMC Council, uh, kind of saying you know our concerns about that, and and we've done it a, a few times over the last few years. Uh, I suppose you know at this point, what what kind of response have you been getting from the NMC? sort of before the, the, the work that you've done more recently and and sort of more recently? I
3: think recently we've had a really positive response from the NMC. I think they've been aware of this for some time. Um, certainly looking at, you know, things like advanced practice, um, I think they realise there's an issue with that as well. So the different sort of levels of practice that there are and the inherent risk. Nursing, is we often say, nursing is a, a you know high-risk, high-harm potential safety-critical profession um, in that if you're not there, then really grim things happen to people, a bit like air traffic control. So you need nursing to be there and be there fully, and, and that means having people with the right qualifications and experience. And I think those messages now are becoming more common. I think when we first started talking about this a few years ago, uh, particularly after Francis, actually after the um, reporting to the uh, inquiry into Mid Staffordshire, it, it was sort of a, a, seen as a bit radical. But it's, it's very normal in safety critical professions to have this kind of conversation. Um, you know, they've been having them since the 80s. But in nursing, it's still quite a new thing. So I think I think finally there are there is some movement in terms of the regulator
2: and, and perhaps even policymakers. It's quite interesting isn't it before it used to be said that we can't protect the nurse title because other professions use it so dental nurses veterinary nurses whereas now they seem to be suggesting actually if you protect nurse they can you know as long as they are regulated mm-hmm. with a statutory regulator they can still use the term nurse and and actually that would work well for school nursing you know it would protect school nursing because you couldn't use that title yeah. unless you were a nurse so it's it, i think that that shift is really interesting and i i don't really understand why there's been such a shift but i mean it's a welcome shift because it, it just seems to make sense i don't you know we have veterinary nurses in unite and i know um you know they are you know they've been campaigning for a long time to have a protected mm-hmm. title so actually you know this would benefit more than than one Profession, so
0: yeah, it's a very positive move. Alison, one of the things that you just mentioned was about how, in other professions, it's not radical to have this conversation, but it is kind of perceived to be radical in nursing. Have you got any kind of ideas why that is the case? Uh, You know, why why is it that you know for nursing it feels radical? And then I suppose the other related point to that is, you know some of the arguments that I hear as a trade unionist is that it's just sort of a group of professionals wanting to protect their own self-interest rather than it be for, you know, a a greater good in terms of of, of trying to push this issue. Mm -hmm. So I suppose it's your your thoughts, you know, is that one of the reasons perhaps? Yeah,
3: I mean, the the radical aspect of it is, is, you know, other Christians do this kind of thing. And it's, it's, the regulatory framework is different, I think, in those professions, at least in my experience. So and this was a conversation we have had around advanced practice and the regulation of advanced practice. It's quite often seen as professional self-interest. If you look at other regulators, so if you look at, for example, the gas safe, you know, the, which we called the engineers, you have to have specialist um, qualifications to service somebody's boiler. Um, and that isn't about who can do it, it's about who can't do it. So if you don't have those qualifications and experience, you can't do that work. And that's to protect the public because it's a very high risk activity. And it's the same with nursing. Nursing for a very long time has been seen as women's work, as a service industry, as a service job. Um, and, and you know, service work is really, really important, but I think it's primarily safety critical work rather than service work. So it works a different, um, it, it's what we call a high vigilance profession. People have, you know, and, and, because there's so much risk inherent in it, you're constantly having to watch what's going on in nursing, nurses are very vigilant people. So it's not really self-interest, although I think, I think it would, would probably give the profession a bit of a boost, um, but it's primarily about people without qualifications and experience being able to practice and offer advice and professional services as nurses, which is a public
2: protection issue. Yeah, and I quite agree because registered nurse is already protected. So in a way, you know, you, you know, nurses have already got that protection. It is more about preventing people who have who have got you know have done no nursing qualifications whatsoever calling themselves a nurse, and or people that have been struck off the register and are no longer Indeed. entitled to call themselves. <laughs> A nurse, you know, yeah. so it is absolutely about protecting the public. Because in a way, the profession doesn't need to do it because they've already got one protected title. But you know, so
0: and, and it, it's it's funny you mention that, Jane. It's it's like you've kind of got a bit of an idea what we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Obviously, we have an example at the weekend of an individual who was a registered nurse suggesting that healthcare staff involved in COVID 19 vaccinations should be hung. So, a question for you both is she a nurse?
2: I would honestly, well, she isn't a nurse now because she's been struck off the NMC register. But, you know, it's very hard to believe that a nurse would say that about other nurses that's what you just cannot understand where that is coming from and you know I listened to there was it was on Jeremy Vine yesterday and I, I kind of listened to it they had her son on and you know very difficult for him but you know Jeremy Vine kind of suggested well you know do you think maybe she has mental health issues and and I you know that just feels really uncomfortable to say that, you know, it, yeah. To me, I just think you can't just because somebody is being quite kind of radical and and you know you can't put it down to the fact that they've got mental health issues. Maybe that's going on, no, on a no. different tack, but <laughs> you know, it just really struck me that you know that's just yeah. not appropriate. So.
1: It's interesting, though, isn't it, because it's it's quite a shocking thing that she said. Mm. And it's, it's not usual for people to call for other people to be hung, although tragically quite common on Twitter, <laughs> but not common mm. elsewhere. But also I think you're right to suggest people can say unpleasant and difficult things and it be completely unrelated to a health issue. Mm. That might just be somebody's choice. But it, I think it feels quite alarming that anyone would say it, but somebody who's ever signed up to be a nurse who doesn't mm. understand health promotion who doesn't understand compassion and kindness to other people who doesn't understand the danger of in in this climate where everyone is so Mm. heated and so angry suggesting that people take um physical action to harm somebody when we've seen it happen we've seen what can happen from that that's that's absolutely against everything that a nurse stands for and i think that's why her case is so shocking for people Mm. because it's not just that it's unpleasant it's that it's completely at the antithesis of everything we're trying to do to protect life. Yeah, it's quite yeah. a strange um conversation to have around. What do you other people think about that? Am I am I alone with that nuance?
2: <laughs> no, I think you're right. I mean it's you know value-wise. It just doesn't fit into the mm-hmm. values of why you would go into the yeah. nursing profession, you know. So yeah. it, it does question yeah. yeah, what kind of that's nurse what's so strange she was about it, when she was nursing, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's for the best that we've all parted ways, for sure, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. of course, legally I don't mean... she can call herself a nurse. So that's, uh, that's one yeah. of the issues. Uh, so even though she can't call herself a registered nurse, she still can call herself a nurse yeah yeah and
1: that's really scary because how are people when people are trying to understand what is health advice and what isn't and what is coming from a legitimate source and what isn't you're really cutting straight into the center of the problem again Mm
2: -hmm. and it's one of those because they know that she will have had you know she will have done the training they you know they probably people assume she's relying on what she you know on her training and you know her knowledge from that so yeah which is
0: Dangerous. Yeah. I think think the other thing it does highlight, though, as well, is how a regulator can be effective because, you know, that person was a registered nurse, said things that are completely against their code of conduct, and have now been struck off from being Mm. a registered nurse. Mm. So it kind of shows the power and the importance of having a regulated profession. And, And I think, you know, there is that issue today, isn't there, about how there is this loophole that is quite clearly there because the nurse name is not protected in itself, that people Mm -hmm. can abuse that, that they can sort of make themselves out to be something that the public will assume Mm -hmm. means something different to what it actually means. And that's hugely inappropriate. And, And I think that's where, you know, it's so important that, you know, Alison's campaign is successful and obviously the support that we offer to it. Because it's it's not appropriate for the public to be uh, abused in such a way by people that are purporting to be somebody that should be trusted when when they absolutely can't. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think the other thing that I wanted to kind of ask today uh, as a bit of a, a, a sort of a, you know, it's, it's something that goes through my mind is, you know, how comes we've got this sort of difference between nurse not protected and registered nurse a protected title? And yet when we look in the case of midwife, another... Profession that's regulated by the NMC. It's not registered midwife. It's just the term midwife that's protected. So why are midwives different? And, you know, should we actually be running a different campaign to argue that this should be registered midwives and not midwives if it's good enough for nursing? So I don't know, Alison, have you got any thoughts on that one? I think
3: I think it's historical. Um, you know the, the reason that it's registered nurse is because it was state registered nurse, and um, you know registered general nurse, registered nurse. So I think that's that's why. I'm not entirely sure. Midwives have been around for a lot longer, so that might be why. Uh, midwifery's got a very long tradition. Uh, so that, I mean that could be the reason why. We could always ask the people at the RCN library because they're a font of knowledge.
2: <laughs> yeah and i think with midwife you know midwife it's got um you know there's a very strong definition around what a midwife is and and only you know only a midwife can kind of you know they have a a really specific role i'm not expressing that very well but um they have strong public
3: identity
2: yes yes absolutely and you know they're you know it's it's that kind of feeling that Anybody can kind of do nursing, whereas only midwives can attend to women. Well, not only midwives, because obviously doctors do, but, you know, they have a very specific um, role that only they can do that's protected. So that's the difference. I think their kind of activities are protected. Um, Yeah, and there's a, you know, I'm not sure about the definition of a nurse, really. I know we had that. When did we have that, Dave? It was when... When were we looking at at that? Was it for revalidation? So on on
0: revalidation, yeah, we were looking at the scope of practice of Mm, different professions and we were arguing that there needed to be a clear scope of practice for health visitors because if you're looking at revalidation, how can you revalidate Mm. as a health visitor against a scope of practice that isn't a health visitor scope of Mm. practice? You know, how can you assure the public that you're safe in the job that you do? if you don't need to revalidate against the scope of practice that relates to the job that you're doing, Mm. you know, in in, in that circumstance. Uh, And and I suppose it's it's the same kind of arguments in terms of nursing, in terms of how wide the profession can be, you know, how it's not just about delivering care to individuals or communities, you know, everyone on this call is a, a, a nurse, although, you know, we don't day in, day out Look after people, you know, directly, uh, but we're still all registered nurses. It, mm. it, it is a complicated world, isn't it? But mm. at the end of the day, mm. we shouldn't not do something because it's a bit complicated. We should absolutely do it because you know the the public deserve to be uh, appropriate, you know, appropriately cared for and, and protected. So uh, yeah, that, I think that's that's where we kind of last had that thought. I think, I think the other thing obviously in terms of consultations that are happening and, and maybe one of the reasons why it's kind of rearing its, its you know, great head at the moment is that we've just finished a consultation from the Department of Health uh, and Social Care around uh, regulation of, of healthcare professionals uh, and one of the questions was about uh, protected titles. Uh, Jane, I don't know if you want to say anything about our response to that and and yeah, kind of what we've said about this.
2: Yeah, obviously the NMC had, had put in about the, the requirement to protect nurse and and we very much supported their stance. Um, and I think the other we've got another consultation now on the specialist community public health nurse standards, mm-hmm. and we're, yeah. we're taking the opportunity in that to say that you know actually health visitors should. Go back to being a protected title because we've got the same scenario there that anybody can call themselves a health visitor, you know, and and you know, people, you know, public don't know who's who's visiting them and what um, qualifications they've got. And as you said before, Alison, a, a whole range of new titles are, are coming on board, and you know, so I think it's a it's a good opportunity to. To revisit all of the protected titles based on on the, you know, the regulation changes.
0: Yeah, and just on that question as well, uh, Alison, I don't know if you've got any comments, but also the the kind of wider thing about obviously the Department of Health and Social Care have a key role in this discussion. Maybe if you want to give a bit of detail about how that might work in terms of the the next steps, and obviously in terms of the petition that you're uh, you've you've started.
3: Yeah, we had a very good response from government actually, much more positive than I thought. Um, And they are, say, they're looking at job titles and sector titles uh, as part of the regulatory piece. I think going forward, um, because there is support from across the board, which is is really helpful, there's hopefully going to be some movement on this later in the year. I think people like the NMC, because they've got the post-reg review going on at the moment and the consultation for that. some of this might fit quite well together. Uh, and so essentially what I'm trying to do really is, is, is ensure that everybody's kind of on board with this. Um, and I think it is about public trust. The nursing is the most trusted profession. It comes out every year on the Ipsos Mori Polls is the most trusted profession. And I think this is really about not betraying the public's trust. Uh, and I think, finally, we are getting some movement on that.
0: Brilliant. And I, and I know in terms of your uh, petition, you've had a few celebrity backers. Uh, who's your favourite celebrity backer so far? <laughs> Put her on the oh, spot I there. Yeah. No. I, couldn't... <laughs> I mean,
3: it, it was obviously really nice that, that we've had, um, you know, some some very high-profile people back. It's over the Reverend Richard Gold. And... Um, Stephen McGann, um, and but also actually the support from across the board because obviously we obviously went to the RTN for support and lots of people in the RT, RTN have been very supportive. But it's great to get support from from you guys, from um, the different so the QNI, you know, lots of different organisations. Um, it's just been fantastic, and and also we've had quite a lot of support from the private sector. I was quite surprised how concerned the private sector was about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, which which did surprise me, and also uh, local government. So uh, you know that's that's been very interesting. I think as the employment markets opened up for nurses in the last sort of what's it two thousand twelve really hasn't it since the last reforms, mm-hmm. lots of people are employing nurses, but perhaps didn't quite understand who they were employing. is mm-hmm.
2: interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And I suppose one of the things about this whole issue is, are there any examples of uh, unintended consequences from making this change? So, you know, can we imagine that if this did happen, there could be some negative impacts of it happening? Jane, I know kind of we had a a conversation about one of the possible unintended consequences and what we felt might need to happen to sort of ameliorate that. I mean, obviously,
2: with with ourselves, we have community nursery nurses in membership and for a long time they've been looking for um, statutory regulation Um still very much ongoing but but you know I think as you've alluded to Alison they you know they are a profession that whose titles have been changed quite a lot along the way so so I'm not sure how many are actually called community nursery nurses now but obviously if they are then then this would impact on them but you know certainly i think they are a group that would definitely benefit from from regulation although we haven't had those kind of discussions because along with regulation come all kinds of other you know obviously cost is is a a factor as well because if you're regulated then you know you have to pay the cost of that so um yeah they are I'm, it's difficult to think wider than that. I think it could be positive for veterinary nurses, um, but yes, that's that's the difficult one, isn't it? Trying to think through the unintended consequences.
0: Yeah, uh, Nikki, I've been a terrible host so far. I've not come to you properly yet. So, uh, <laughs> is there anything look. that's well? I, i'm worried what you well, might yeah. say after the event <laughs> uh, but is, is there anything that's been uh being shared yeah. on social media that that we should be yeah. feeding into the conversation so
1: there's a couple of things so first of all um uh, a question from adrian saying um uh, talking about with the introduction of the third sector it's great that people have got um improving access for people to get um health advice however it's been used by employers and com- Commissioners to create positions based on task. And the point of the brilliant about nursing and registered practitioners is so they can think outside the box. Mm, yeah. um, and the the, the 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 argument that they're describing is that value for money is based on the ability of healthcare professionals, including nurses, to work outside the task. Mm. Um, unfortunately, it means that some assessments are administrative, and the term nurse has been devalued by some. And I wondered if you had any thoughts about that. Um, before we go um on, he's also added, um, a lot of nurses that worked in addictions have lost their job titles and become drug workers, which is
2: mm.
1: quite a different vibe to it. I would say. So mm. Something yeah. about value there. And a question from uh, first year, which is, one, they've been shocked by this whole thing. They had no idea that it wasn't a proper, that anyone could use it. And I'm not surprised you're shocked. I think it, when you actually mm. think about the importance of the job and that someone could just say that that's what they are, that is mm. quite shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they've said... Um, How how has this happened? I didn't realize it was happening. And then they've said, they've looked online and said, how do you go about making changes like this? Because what you've done is quite a big deal. This is a long one, that's why I'm paraphrasing it. (laughs) Um, And and they've they've asked, um, how do you make changes, because from their position, particularly I'd say probably as a first year, um, it feels like you can't change anything. And it seems like something here is big and is changing. So I guess two things for us to talk about. One about kind of the value of the term nurse and the the other about how do you actually in the nuts and bolts way go about affecting change, making something different. So the
3: the value, I can take the value one, sure. Um, Yeah, the value, nursing has been devalued. It's seen as, you know, it was quite an eye-opener to me for, for a while talking to people that made policy as sort of, you just have to be a nice person do it and pretty much anyone can do it and actually that's not true nursing itself can be quite anti-intellectual and sees any kind of celebration of its achievements as elitist Mm. and i don't know if that's because it's a mostly female profession but we've really got to stop doing that Mm. (laughs) it's important work it's Mm. important safety critical work when it's not there it is catastrophic the results Mm. are catastrophic for patients You know, 50 years worth of inquiries from Ely in the 1960s, right through Midstaff's gospel, you know, you can name them all. The key issue amongst most of them was missed nursing care. So, you know, we've we've kind of got to get over ourselves on that one. And how do you change things? You lobby, you lobby to change the law. That's what we're doing. We're lobbying for changing legislation. The issue around unintended consequences would depend on how the legislation is written.
2: Well, I
1: guess That's what
3: I'm saying
1: is something about understanding how the process works,
3: then. Yeah, I mean you've got you've got to kind of understand the process, and we've we worked for quite a long time. So even with the wording of the petition, we worked with the parliamentary clerk's office to okay. ensure that the petition wouldn't exclude people. Um, mm-hmm. and we did quite a lot of research beforehand. And I think if you you know, you kind of come prepared, don't you? um And you can be the best prepared that you can and, and try and take everybody with you if you mm. want to change because it means mm. something people wanted at the end of the day. Mm. And if I was a student now, what I would recommend is that, you know, as soon as you qualify, you refer to yourself as a registered nurse. Mm. Actually, mm. if that was in common usage, we wouldn't even have any
2: conversation. Mm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's quite oh, interesting because a- obviously the public really value nurses. So mm. you know it isn't the public that that doesn't value nursing at all, is it? But I think also it shows the value of research, Alison, because what you did, you know, you looked into a an area and mm. and you found something really interesting, and and it's kind of snowballed from there. So you know that's definitely be involved in research and. You know, be as inquiring as as you want to be, definitely, because change, you know, just starts very small and then it kind of snowballs, and and uh, yeah, who knows where we'll be in 12 months' time.
0: Yeah. I, think I think just think? on the qu- on the questions, Nikki, one of the things that that struck me as you were se- uh, sort of reading them out was mm-hmm. the bit about you know bringing in people who aren't nurses, but kind of. Suggesting or pretending that they are nurses, and it's just kind of a cheaper way of doing something, and and I suppose it's really weird in a way, isn't it? That why would any organisation want to bring in someone and kind of pretend that there's someone else, mm-hmm. and that in itself is a worry, isn't it? That that there's something not right there, uh, and and again, it kind of shows the importance of having protected titles and regulated professions so you can actually say you know this is the minimum standard that you can expect from these people and and again that's not just in nursing in the NHS it goes across a a vast number of professions many of the ones that Jane and I support and represent at, at Unite and just thinking about the work I do with clinical psychologists with people with paramedics you know other sort of professions that have protected titles that the public can expect those people to operate at a certain level and can have recourse to complain and to do something about it if they don't operate at that level. Mm-hmm. I think the other comment I wanted to make about, the, I think it was Alison's comment about and nursing being anti-intellectual, uh, I, I, I'm always really sort of glad about the fact that, you know, whilst we want MHTV to be really approachable and easy to engage with, by gosh, we don't have to stock it with a load of well-qualified uh highly intellectual people you know tonight we've got a professor and an associate professor uh online so uh you know i i think we're doing our best to sort of represent nursing for the you know the, the highly intellectual field that it that it is mm. you know day in day out is there anything else nikki you wanted to pull yep, in from social media I, I, i'm noticing we're getting towards the end of tonight so mm. hopefully not too much
1: yeah but so there's one one person who's, who's in, and, and again another first year so thank you very much guys i really appreciate that you join in Saying um, that they can't understand why people are against it, like they get. They, I mean, they're saying is it a political thing? Well, why would somebody not want a nurse to actually be a nurse? Like, if you if you open a can of beans, it's got beans in it. Like, mm. <laughs> what's going on here? Why is this happening? Who would be against it? Because it seems perfectly logical.
3: There, there are some employers who might find it difficult, and mm. employers tend to do either the role to you know the substance hiring non-nurses for one of three reasons. One is they don't understand the risk and they they just sort of they see the workers task. Um, one another is money, you know, people co- costing less if they're not qualified.
2: Um,
3: and the third, an increasingly common one in my experience is desperation. Because we have such a big shortage of registered nurses in England people are now hiring people because they just think somebody's better than somebody. Mm-hmm. And many of them have said that to me. Um, so I think that's, that's sort of the, the one group. The other group is I think people, I think it's caused some people to question if it's an elitist thing to do and are we excluding other workers by doing it? Um, but I think we should give other workers a identity to show their contribution. They yeah, I quite agree. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah, I quite agree with you. And, and sometimes sometimes people just do it with power. So people will, you know, they, they just human nature, they'll exercise power. But we've, we've actually had very little um affection for doing it. Thank you. That's very helpful. I've explained that very well. Thank you.
0: Any more Nikki?
1: No, no, that's us.
0: Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So I suppose because we're heading towards the end tonight, it's always the point where Nikki asks for final thoughts, but not in a negative way. Uh, Mm -hmm. So have have you got anything that we haven't covered tonight that you really wanted to make sure that we got into tonight's session? So Alison, can I come to you first?
3: Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you so much for asking me to, to come and do this. It's been really interesting, and it's been it's been great hearing from students as well, actually, because you know people have a different perspective on things. But essentially, yeah, we're trying to help the public maintain its trust in the profession. So any support for the petition, um, which is a, a piece of direct action that anybody can do, there in the UK, if they're a resident. Um, please do join us and please do join us with the conversation with the hashtag ProtectNurse.
0: Brilliant. And yeah, absolutely. Just want to emphasise that from a Unite point of view that we want as many of our members as possible to sign your petition. It's got 26,000 signatures nearly already. It'd be absolutely wonderful if we can get towards that 100,000 level that kind of pushes even more pressure on the government to have a debate about it in Parliament. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely important for people to sign it. Jane, have you got any final thoughts that you wanted to throw into the mix?
2: Um, no, again, thank you very much for having me, letting me be part of the conversation. I found it really interesting as well and lovely to hear from you all. I think if you get any opportunity to talk to your local MPs or, you know, if you get any opportunity to spread the word, raise awareness among your colleagues, you know, students and and. Everybody, so that actually we can really get behind um, the petition and and you know help it get taken forward.
0: Brill and Nikki, any final thoughts from you before I wrap up?
1: We've been tweeting out on the Facebook Live and on Twitter um, the links so that you can sign the petition if that's what you want to do. But I think that everyone's made some really important points about about if you are a nurse and if you love nursing, then protect it because it's really important and it's really valuable that anybody who meets a nurse knows that they can trust what we say and that we're accountable for what we do. And that if you want to complain about us, you've got the right to do that and you can report us (laughs) just as much as you can clap us and say that we're doing a good job. And I think that's part of the contract that we have entered into with the public, isn't it? About how we present ourselves, how we behave and what we owe them, but also what we, we all owe each other, which is to know exactly what we're dealing with. And, you know, the way that you listen to health advice is really important. And it's never been more important than it is at the moment. And so I would say, you know, you don't train for three years for nothing. Mm. (laughs) Please um, take action to um, make sure that the people around you are safe, because that's what our job is.
0: Brilliant. So definitely hashtag protect nurse. Uh, Before we finish tonight, I just want to say thank you to our amazing guests. So Professor Alison Leary and Jane Beach also to my co-host nikki lambert amazing as always Uh, and just to say (laughs) that please do join us next week where we will be joined by four student nurses uh, and the discussion topic next week will be more than just a student nurse so without further ado i'd like to say good night and see you all next week
1: bye good night